Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. So we're nearing the finish line on season two of the show here, and I'm feeling, let's say, nostalgic. It's just a little crazy to think that the show has been running for almost two full seasons, and we've heard from an incredible lineup of talented and absolutely wonderful people. And thus, I wanted to go back to the first couple of episodes of the show, all the way back to March of last year. I I know, it's March of 2018, it seems like it was a century ago. But these are three stories that I absolutely love from Jackie and Deanna Halcrow of Emerald City Bagels, Nate Hibble, who's the founder of Gusto, and Steve Carse, who's one of the co-founders of King of Pops. These are all three stories that I absolutely love, and especially people that I believe in, I support, and absolutely love having here in Atlanta. So first up, the second episode of the Atlanta Foodcast ever, here's Jackie and Deanna Halcrow of Emerald City Bagels. And what these folks have done for bagels in general and here in Atlanta is absolutely wonderful. So here's some of their story. And real quick note, I was learning a lot back in the early days of the podcast. So please excuse some of the audio quality in a few different places. You know, I mean, I know a little bit of like your guys' story, or at least like the story of like Emerald City. So, like, I, I know that there's a part of your story where you guys are from like the North Shore of Long Island, yep. or is that is that where you grew up, Deanna? Yeah. Is I, that is I, that is that where everyone's like from at some point? I grew up there. Um, okay. I was not born there. I was born in uh, Michigan and moved. My family moved to Long Island um, just before my first birthday. So basically, Excellent. I grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie um, and her brothers were born on Long Island. Wow. In, in New York, in Port Jefferson, um, which is out on the east side of the east end of Long Island. Yeah. Um, and so she's from, she's a true New Yorker. Um, but, <laughs> but then, you know. But good, good bagels are just part of your your bloodline. Then absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that's that's what's really cool to me. You know, is like I I agree. Like you know, finding um finding a good bagel is is uh, you know it, it depends on who you're speaking with. Like it can be kind of this weird. Depending on who you're speaking with, it can be a subjective or an objective journey. <laughs> like what actually makes a good bagel. Um, but yeah, I think with you guys coming from you know Long Island, you know like kind of the epicenter of like what makes a bagel like what is it like what t- tell us what it is it's the i think the most important part is that it's boiled which a lot of people skip that step but a true bagel has to be boiled mm. our bagels are also special because they're made with malt syrup that's usually used in brewing we use uh it's an amber malt and then we mm-hmm. also boil in a dark malt mm-hmm. uh, our bagels also go through a 24-hour fermentation period which is also skipped frequently mm-hmm. now because of uh, walk-in space. So oh, okay. It's a matter of real estate, I think, for gotcha. people that are just trying to churn out gotcha. a product. Yeah, man. Uh, but that all, the fermentation develops the flavor as well as the chew and the crumb yeah. of the bagel. Sure. Yeah, the, the boiling process, like, I mean, they, you know, like, I think I've... Um, you know, for the, you know, the the typical person who's maybe like shopping at the grocery store and like they just want the bag of like you know six bagels or eight bagels or whatever it is. Like I, I don't think a lot of people understand like you know the boiling process is is something that's you know that that really does make that amazing like chewy, you know, wonderful texture of bagels. And um, so I think you know appreciating that process you know like is is something that you know, I think uh, it it does get skipped quite a bit. You know, and I I think people are just kind of you know like well it's just circle bread with a hole in the middle. You know, it's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what was available here is exactly. <laughs> Circle bread with a hole in it. Like there, there's not a market for that anymore. So that that idea is a little bit dead. Yeah. Um, lenders started because they were an actual bagel shop in New York, and they were a company making bagels, and they developed processes, and they they were uh, some of the first to use a steam oven, mm-hmm. which uh, cuts out the boiling process. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was. I mean, I guess that's cool in its own right. For mm-hmm. that. 60s when they were changing yeah. things. Yeah, it was an innovative process, but it kind of kills the product. Yeah. <laughs> it helped them grow and, you know, get to yeah. be in every grocery store across the 
United States. So, yeah. But that's not really what we want to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not 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 too bad of a deal. But yeah. I, I guess a question for each of you. Um, maybe this is an easier question for Jackie. But, like, <laughs> but uh, I want to know. You know, Deanna. Like, so growing up, like, who cooked for you growing up, and what kind of cook was he or she? Ah. So I, had I guess you can see where this is an easy question. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. But I mean, I, re- I could really only give one answer. <laughs> yeah. I really lobbed that one up for you. <laughs> awesome. For me, it was um, my mom. My mom made sure that. Well, I grew up with five kids in my family, and my mom always made sure that we had dinner on the table every night. And we sat down as a family and mm. ate dinner. So and we were all expected to come into the kitchen and help make make dinner and do the dishes and um, set the table and everything that is um, you know involved in having dinner. Then um, my on top of that, my great aunt uh, Rossi was also a huge influence in my cooking style and um, shared. I have a bunch of um, family recipes. She always made Thanksgiving dinner at her house, and it was a huge ordeal. And, um, I also feel like she was a bit bit of an influence in me, and in that she was um, innovative for her time. She was not had nothing to do with um, food, but she was a chiropractor hmm. in the 40s and 50s when wow. chiropractors number one weren't very popular, and number two, she was a woman, and so those two things um, make her. You know, kind of a independent uh, woman for yeah. her time. She was kind of ahead of her time. So those two, those two people, those two ladies. Yeah, that's were my awesome. Influences. Was anyone making bagels for you growing up? No, or no, no. No. Honestly, uh, baking was not really a, a big forte in, for me, or it just was not um, not anything that I mean. I made a couple of specific items like a, a cake mm-hmm. I make and um, some pies and then some um, pumpkin bread that's not hmm. sweet it's like a sandwich bread oh, that's wow. it um, bagels so, were not really so they were just anything. a new new frontier yeah like, I never really had to make bagels because we could always just you know go down yeah. the street and buy them so. right it's like why would you make them in Long Island when someone's been doing it for like a hundred years and, exactly yeah I wish I had that. I wish I did. You know, like the guy that's like really obnoxious, you know, or the, that thinks that I'm obnoxious for like asking all of the questions of like, yes, I've been doing this my entire life. Yes, these are the best bagels you've ever had. You know, but like I wish I had that. It's like an episode of Seinfeld in my mind. But, you know, anyway. And they will probably tell you uh, to not go into the business. Right. <laughs> they have every reason of like how you should be jaded before you actually start. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, J- Jackie, I guess, you know, what, what what was it like, like, growing up and, you know, get, getting to where you're at now? I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, I've, I've never had that. You know, like, I'm sitting with the person that you <laughs> that you grew up with. So. Uh, well, for me, the way that my childhood was exactly the way she just described hers, and I, I always thought it was very normal that your mother went to work and then had dinner ready every night and cooked actually cooked food every night mm-hmm. and I, I guess that changed a bit for families in the 80s but uh, my mom was obviously a huge influence in um, encouraging with cooking it was, um, I think I don't know that I would love it as much without my mother I took my first cooking class though in like kindergarten or something I asked to go to summer school so I could go take a cooking class <laughs> um, so it's always been a huge part of my life uh, home cooking and then um I, uh, she says that she wasn't really into baking, but I, I, I have lots of memories of baking with my mama. <laughs> and ended up going to uh, culinary school in, um, I guess, 2004. I went back to New York and went to culinary school for baking. Oh, wow. Was, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I would have that interest without my mom. I have <laughs> memories of making the pumpkin bread. The pumpkin bread uh, is a huge... Uh, uh, I don't. It's it's really big in our family. It's notorious. It's it's yeah. I'm gonna it's have not to. Thanksgiving yeah. Pumpkin bread. I'm gonna have to, to to beg you for some pumpkin bread sometime this sometime this fall. We'll, we'll be making it in the shop. Excellent. Oh, that's yeah. great. Well, yeah. So I'll look forward to picking it up. Um, Jackie, where'd you go to culinary school? Uh, I just went to the Art Institute of New York. Uh, it had just changed from the New York Restaurant School. 
uh, and I, I have w always wanted to be a baker, and mm -hmm. I did all right in school, so they uh, convinced me to go into fine dining, and I uh, did my externship at uh, one of Jean George's restaurants uh, at Columbus Circle, and ended up really not liking it because I, I didn't oh, wow. want to do fine dining, and I, I left the mm -hmm. food world for a long time after that. Wow. Yeah. So. This is great. I feel like I finally ended up back where I should be after my mom was like, hey, I decided to make bagels. Yeah. And they're actually really good. And now I'm back doing something that I love to do. And it's with my mama. <laughs> that is so exciting. <laughs> So, like, where did the idea of Emerald, well, I guess two questions, like, is that, like, kind of where Emerald City was born out of, and, like, where'd the name come from? Well, um, the name is from The Wizard of Oz, which is my I was really movie. hoping that it was. <laughs> <laughs> my That's favorite great. movie. Um, you know, Dorothy was a, she was always looking for her heart's desire, and then she found it at home, so I kind of feel like, uh, you know, that's a great storyline for, or a good um, example of how I feel that I'm, you know, baking with my daughter, and so it's, we're, we're at home. Um, but um, the interesting part, I guess the, the way we came about was Jackie was working at, in retail clothing, and I was working in a corporate job. Neither one of us was happy doing what we were doing. We were looking for something else. Mm -hmm. And our paths at that time, the, our career paths, kind of just were at the right, they were at the same point at the right time. Hmm. And so <clears throat> um, I remember sitting in um, Bella Cus no, what's the name of that restaurant up the street? Bocalupo? Yes, thank you. <laughs> so we were sitting at Bocalupo one night. Shameless plug dinner. for Bocalupo. If you've never been there, it's an amazing it's restaurant. Delicious. It's fantastic. We'll have um, you on the podcast soon. Continue. <laughs> we're sitting at the Bocalupo street. <laughs> Smooth transitions. Um, and just we were waiting at that point I had signed the agreement with the shared kitchen that we are currently baking out of waiting for them to open um, if anybody's in been in a construction project mm -hmm. um, you know it always takes at least twice as long as you think it's going to so it took them quite a long time to open mm -hmm. and um, we were waiting for that to happen and Jackie was still working and I we were both still working but um, she was quite unhappy and um, we just decided to she would leave her job and um, and wait for the wait for the um, kitchen to open and I stayed with my job so she actually is the one who was going into the kitchen we were both going in but she was she had the bulk of the bagel making in the in the very beginning and um, still to this day is making more bagels than I am but um, <laughs> but um, that's how the you know the that's how Emerald City was born was out of that I mean we glad this can be edited <laughs> yeah, this, this is, it's fantastic no I mean I, I, I was just gonna say like I, I love that I love that story of like you know we we were both doing something and there was obviously like the the interest or at least like the need to do something more, something that we were more interested in. And then like that's where the idea is birthed out of. Like I love those kind of stories. You know, I mean, like I, I think those are probably the most incredible, you know, like when you think back and imagine, you know, it's like how did we actually get to this point? And then like, you know, all of like the small steps of like, you know, I was working in the corporate world and wasn't happy. And like it might sound, you know, to some people it seems kind of paltry, but like in your own life, you know, I mean, like, that's a huge step to take. And, like, it's always, like, a, it's a huge leap, you know? Yes. <clears throat> a huge leap, um, especially since you're, you know, you're leaving a paycheck behind and health insurance and all of those good things, 401K contributions. And yeah. Things like that. <laughs> so there's a lot to take uh, into consideration going into business. Um, but I was so happy to do it. I would not have done this if um, it was not with Jackie.
We've uh, we've reached the the portion of the show. I don't know if I'm gonna call it a show, but uh, we'll call it a show. I don't know. It seems it seems weird. It's like there's no we're not like in a studio or anything like that. But anyway, we reached the portion of the show, um, which uh, which a good buddy of mine uh, who's a chef in the Atlanta area uh, helped me name on the fly. Um, which I like, because the lightning round was already taken. Um, <laughs> and I think that's actually becoming the name of it. It's like, we've reached the portion of our show called On the Fly, because lightning round was taken. So we'll just get everybody on board with that. Um, but these these are these are questions that just kind of like, you know, come at you kind of fast, like quick answer, but obviously answer them as thoroughly as possible. It, again, it's exciting, because I have two of you right now. So, um, so we can like double up on answers, or if there's a question that you don't like, you don't have to answer it. Okay. So, but again, this is America, so you can do whatever you want. Um, but I like this one. Uh, this first one is really cool. Uh, as a giant truck passes by, cream cheese, butter, or a t any type of schmear? Butter. Butter? Always, always butter. Butter. Really? Absolutely. My wife is going to like do a backflip. She's a huge <laughs> butter on a bagel fan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Really? So just just bagel, butter, and then consume? Not yes. toasted either. Not toasted. I, okay, I'm with you there. If you're toasting a bagel, like user error, like... It's it's perfect texture as it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're drying. It out. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> okay, so just butter. All right. So for those of you who are who do not know, um, Lox or Nova? Nova. You're not a salmon gal. It depends. It depends. I don't know. I, I actually just ate uh, pickled lox from Zabar's for the first time. And that's that's my new thing. I think is pickled lox. Really Still like really salty and. It's actually a bit sweet and it's not sliced thin uh, like blocks when you think of mm -hmm. blocks. It's um, like the they they take the uh, salmon fillet and it's uh, sliced long ways, kind of maybe in fourths or sixths. Oh. Uh, and then it's uh, kind of big chunks. Nice. It's it's really good. Yeah, that sounds and great. Pickled onions with it too. Really yeah. Great. I remember my first trip to New York years and years ago. Went to a, I don't even remember the, which bagel shop it was, but I was like, yeah, can I have um, like an everything bagel with uh, locks? And he looked at me like kind of up and down. He's like, you want Nova. Like, <laughs> um, and I didn't want to argue with a New Yorker. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. But um, yeah, I was like, I guess got sized up by uh, by an owner in New York, and he he told me what I actually wanted. So um, that's my only funny story about Lox or Nova. Not that everybody has a story about that, but um, just I like please don't put them on a blueberry bagel or a cinnamon raisin bagel. Yeah, like that. That's got like what are you making your bagel in the dark? Like yeah, we get that. It, uh, like plain or everything for sure. Uh, Pont City Market or Farmers Market? Farmers, farmers market. market. Farmers yeah. market. Okay. Pot City Market is kind of my nightmare. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many people, and uh, it's a mall. It is. It is. Which uh, the Green Market too, where we sell bagels on Saturdays. That's great. That's that's a great answer. That's a great answer. Um, favorite breakfast in Atlanta. Emerald City Bagels is a is a proper answer. <laughs> Other than that, uh, my new favorite I think is uh, Petty Shoe on Memorial. Yes, they're really great. I've heard that they have a killer breakfast. I haven't been they there, do. but they do. technically yeah. Cabbage Town ish, right? Yeah, yeah. On you, Memorial. You, yeah, you could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yep. They um, do a really great croque madame. Yeah. Oh man, I haven't had a croque madame in a long time. They have an. Uh, wonderful avocado toast with like just they really do a really good job at poaching eggs oh and nice so the avocado toast has a poached egg on the side and mm, it's delicious yeah and you can get poached eggs with anything they have a you know just a standard american breakfast mm -hmm. with grits and bacon and nice um, they do you can get poached yeah. eggs here just had it on sunday yeah <laughs> for all of you who are over avocado toast get over yourselves and go eat avocado toast it's bread and avocado it's, what's, yeah, what's, what's not, like? yeah, seriously, what's not to love? Uh, so this is my favorite, and this is our last question. This is my favorite question. I guess, like, again, kind of go in two directions, but what's in your fridge right now? Oh, gosh. Or fridges? Nova. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. Butter. <laughs> what kind uh, of butter, though? I, well, it's unsalted. Okay. Because I make my own, you know, flavors. So Very nice. I just add sea salt, whip it up and add sea salt. Um, 
What else is in there? Always your Lots of veggies. The fatty butter is the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almond milk. And lots of wine. And lots of wine. <laughs> yes. Excellent. I don't know enough about wine. What kind of wine goes in the fridge? Oh, white white uh, wine, right? Well, it's summer, so uh, it's rosé. Rosé. And then I have a couple of bottles of Vino Verde in there. Oh, you know, which I've tried. It's very, very good. Very refreshing. Yes, very. That's about like as, as, as high as I go with wine. It's like if it doesn't taste like alcoholic Gatorade to me, like I don't really want to drink it. <laughs> I'm not a good wine person. I need to work on that. So, Jackie, what's in your fridge? Uh, always yogurt, butter, pickles. Um, I drink my beverages warm, so my seltzer sits outside the fridge. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Just plain seltzer, or are we talking like LaCroix or? Yeah. Okay. Well, polar, usually, because it's okay. cheaper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the lime. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like that. It's like that LaCroix stuff, man. Like, that's way too expensive. That, that's like designer bubbly water. <laughs> awesome. Well, Deanna, Jackie, it was such a pleasure having you guys on the show. Thank you. And um, again, Emerald City Bagels opening in East Atlanta on, uh, well, we could just say this fall. Next up, but, here's um, Nate Hibble, and he's the founder of Gusto. He's one of the most incredibly driven creators and owners that I have met in my entire life. And this interview with Nate originally aired as episode three of the podcast. So here's some of it now. And I don't think I don't think Atlanta understood that at the beginning. You know, we opened Gusto in Brookwood Hills in October um, of 2014. Is kind of at the beginning or right the beginning slash kind of middle of this restaurant reconnaissance you know mm -hmm. boom mm -hmm. going on here in atlanta yeah so there were when we opened gusto there were 30 other big name big chef driven ideas that were garnering all the, all the attention and i think for the most part people are like ah, i guess you know what, what in the world uh good try uh, former, <laughs> you know former football player we've heard this story before <laughs> little did they know you know that's not going to work out <laughs> And it took a long time for people to understand that we were convenience-based and fast casual. Um, and there was a lot of things I was learning along the way. Uh, uh, as our, our name moved a little bit, our logo changed, I got some bowl icons. I really, I realized that, that we had an identity problem and, and that even though we were on Peachtree, most people didn't know we were there and they didn't know what we served those are major problems you yeah. know so um it was really organic at the beginning you know we didn't have a massive marketing budget it was just uh, me and my team boots on the street passing out coupons and uh, garnering customer attention by memorable experiences so the, the the base started to build upon itself um and word of mouth is really the best form of marketing mm -hmm. as you know you can do all you want, but if folks are out there screaming about your product and passionately talking about it, it it, it can exponentially change your business. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you started with the, the, the question about you knew nothing about uh, culinary, how in the world, what in the world. And, <laughs> um, dude, I just had a, a burning passion, and, and I spent year, literally years – and if I had to do it over again, I'm not. I'm not sure I'd do this, Ben. I I, I might have tried to figure out a way to find some money and, and pay some consultants and and like. But I just could not not do it myself. The concept was always trying to put complexity on the head of a pin, mm -hmm. um, where simplicity meets complexity. You come in, there's just a three-step process: base, protein, what's your gusto. Um, to get complexity on the head of a pen is really hard. Editing's like the hardest thing ever to do. When you have all all this passion and all these great ideas, to get it honed in on uh, something that's tight is really hard. So it took me four or five years to get all these passions and things that are rolling around in my brain and my heart uh, to this one idea. And man, I spent tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars failing uh, in my kitchen. Um, and these are all true stories because I had roommates and we had test nights and I used to hand out surveys to 
a group of 10 of my friends. They'd come over. I'd, I, you know, it might be that I was studying for two weeks, you know, how do people feel about olives, you know? Um, again, this was, not, this was less about training myself culinary and more about putting together an equation right. that was the new mainstream fast casual. You, you want to understand like what worked from the consumer's perspective, not sure. necessarily what's the most adventurous, like how can I expand my own knowledge? So you, you really put the ball in the customer's court, essentially. Yeah, I, I was just under, I was, I was, I spent years studying um, what trends were out there and, mm-hmm. and what what folks were ordering and why. You know, I wanted to have a spot that quickly you could get you know, a, a diverse amount of flavor. Uh, you know, it's funny. Most of our customers come, and this is a good thing because it speaks to the craveability, I think, of the flavors, but most people will come and order the same thing. Mm-hmm. Guilty. I set, I set up to uh, invent something that I personally could come to three three or four times a week as an active person who who is paying attention to what they're putting in their body mm. and if i was a customer i think i'd one time i get the chili citrus barbecue which is our version of korean barbecue might get the apple curry peanut two days later and uh you know i might i might try the special you know two days later you know it's all coming to the same restaurant but and, and getting somewhat of the same experience but the flavor profiles you yeah. know uniquely different right and and i think for the the uninitiated augusto is not necessarily a sauce it's not it's not necessarily just a a uh, you know uh, it's more of a combination of ingredients it's more of saying like we we see this collection of individual items working together to be this gusto like a plus B plus C equals gusto right. of color. And, you know, I mean, t- to me, like, and I love that you broke that down of, like, you know, it's it's a color, but it's also a specific gusto. And, you know, that that's, the, you know, you keep saying equation, and, like, that makes so much sense because I think a lot of people have, have played the, the customization game, and they come back, and they're like, I can't remember what I got last time, but y- you've taken a lot of that guesswork out. And, you know, I mean, just like you said, you know, you're going to come in and, and try chili citrus barbecue, but then, like, the next one that you guys are trying, you know, new on the line, like, that sounds just as interesting. It is an equation, and it's, you know, that may turn some people off. That that doesn't mean the passion for the food isn't there, you know, because we're mega passionate about um, the quality of our ingredients. And But then I, I made the decision somewhere in there as the concept was coming together that I think the future clearly with the Amazons doing what they're doing these these days you know the, the future uh, like it or not is all about convenience uh, times the one thing that we can't get back and um, what I've the concept itself takes away some customizability okay but it replaces it with speed. So, you know, and speaking of making changes and, you know, innovating and, you know, things happening in the near future, what's next for Gusto? Well, um, over the next, I'm going to say year, year and a half, uh, the, the plan is to have three more of these open up, um, in a couple different markets around town. Um, we, we know we belong, um, in the Buckhead market, uh, we have one deal that's signed, and, and, and they've already started breaking ground on a, a Whole Foods that's coming in Decatur. That'll be next summer. We'll be the prominent in-cap unit uh, walk, within uh, walking distance to DeKalb Medical, which obviously we're familiar with the hospital turf and that hospital customer that's in a hurry. That's exciting. You know, Um it's it's exciting, especially considering what Amazon has done with Whole Foods, and like nobody knows what that's going to look like. Exactly. And there's going to be a lot of uh, you know dynamic energy over there, mm-hmm. and uh, that is a community that that I am very fond of, and it's booming from a growth standpoint. So we we really feel like Gusto can 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 you know work in in all the major markets around Atlanta. Um, and uh, over the next, like I say, year and a half, looking to open three more. That's hard enough, um, but you start thinking about people, you get approached about franchising in different markets. Uh, our goal is to get to five and to get to eight to 10 million in revenue 
on the business side of things and then really poise for some serious growth. Awesome. All right, Nate. So we're moving on to uh, to our version of the lightning round, which I call On the Fly, um, which I can't take complete credit for. That actually came from a, a, a previous interview. Um, but uh, but I liked it so much that it's going to stick. So um, same, same type of format, though. Questions coming at you. Answer them as quickly as you can, but as thoroughly as you need to. Sound okay. good? Heard. Right. Heard. First question. Favorite burger in Atlanta? Uh, probably H&F, you know. Every every time I'm around H and F, um, I, they they impress me. I mean, it's it's Indeed. an indulgence that I don't I don't jump into very often. Um, but I used to live in Peachtree Hills, and I was around. I, I guess I have a special place in my heart for Holman and Finch because uh, that was the first foodie type restaurant that I went to in Atlanta. Yeah, this is like eight nine years ago. Right. Uh, so I was around when they first started kind of piloting the whole. We've only got so many available yeah. at at ten thirty or eleven at night. Right. So that was a, that was a sight to behold and watch that momentum build. Um, so I got a soft spot in my heart for that late night burger. Same. Pont City Market or Farmers Market, and if Farmers Market, which one? Um, I don't know what the name of it is these days, but absolutely Farmers Market um, and DeCab. What's, what's what are they your decap farmers are, market yeah the big one yeah which i love because it's really just more of an international experience which is yeah great. i mean nothing against Ponce city market is uh you know badass don't get me wrong <laughs> in, in in many regards in, in many regards i mean honestly i'm humbled by the, that monster down the street Indeed. but uh that international the your decap farmers market whatever it's called these days Man, that's where I first started finding things that I, I had no idea what 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 it said on the labels. You know, you find <laughs> yourself talking to all the employees, and they're from all over the world. Right. And for somebody who's naturally curious and is just diving in, I spend days out there uh, just just picking things up and going, "This looks like it's from Mars." You know, what is this? You know. Mm -hmm. So I, I I think that that farmer's market can make you feel small. I think it's a great place. It's a sneaky great place to take a date. Indeed. Oh, I like that. I like that. For those of you looking for date ideas, your Cab Farmer's Market. Uh, favorite Coca-Cola beverage? Uh, Coca-Cola classic, man. You know, it burns so good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm Delicious all about, acid. you know, good stuff going in your body. Um, Coca-Cola, they, they just... They're an, obviously an icon, a pillar in the community, and they represent so much more than just a, you know a beverage going down uh, your mouth on a, on a on a hot summer day. I mean, the company itself stands for so many wonderful things. But you can I'm, I've never been a, a DC, as my brother likes. I've never been a diet. DC. I've never been a diet coke kind of guy. I'm with you. Um, I don't drink much pop as my mom and dad would say that's an iowa thing right uh, yeah oh, that's yeah. a midwestern thing but <laughs> when i when i do my god it's hard to compete with it's so with, good with just straight up oh, yeah. classic baby i'm with you man god, it burns so good it's sweet and it's mm -hmm. perfect on summer indeed uh this is a good one for you favorite sports moment of all time oh you know I'd be hard pressed to not go with. Um, I, I got named the most valuable player in the Rose Bowl in wow. 2003. Um, that's a special place, Pasadena, the, the the granddaddy of them all. If you follow football at all, we were privileged enough to be playing in the Rose Bowl in 2003, and to be named the most valuable player, it was a it was a culminating achievement in in uh, in my career. Um, but but followed pretty closely by throwing a touchdown pass against the Packers um, in in one of my first preseason games as a Cleveland Brown, just because Brett Favre was standing over there. Yeah. And uh, like watch this. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> like watch this. But I was just. Uh, it was an outer body type experience when uh, I regret not running over and spiking the ball because you know that's what you dream about, but. It, it, it was one of those, I'm in the NFL, and I have cards with my picture on it. Uh, so that was pretty 
pretty dang rad too. It's awesome. And lastly, this is my favorite question: What's in your fridge at home right now? <laughs> oh man, uh, I mean, I'm ashamed of this, but um, a bunch of sauces, a bunch of hot sauces, um, a hodgepodge of beer. Um, some leftover German potato salad for my mom. It's a, it's my favorite dish my mom makes. It's just per, you know a particular recipe called she calls German potato salad potatoes um, with sausage and, and, and oh, yeah. a bacon roux, uh, bacon vinegar roux. That's like one of my favorites. Um, Can't go wrong. But as as an entrepreneur who works a lot um, and is always on the move, I don't I don't keep much stuff at home probably my favorite two snacks if if they are around is is coconut water and and uh, nuts of some sort i eat a lot of peanuts and cashews things like that doesn't sound like fun we're gonna come over to your house and snack we'll have german potato salad and beer that's that's a winner (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's bizarre indeed uh nate hibble it's been a pleasure pleasure a pleasure having you on the show man um the floor is yours man is there anything that you want to you want to round out the episode with Oh gosh! Uh, no, I mean I'm 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 humbled by the opportunity. I'm excited for you and uh, the Atlanta Foodcast and and what you're what you're doing. Uh, I'm just thankful to have the opportunity to have a voice and to 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 talk about chasing your dreams, man. I mean it sounds cliche, but um, you know I'm, I'm working on a new mission statement, a new vision statement, and uh, you know we were talking last night. It doesn't get much better than Nike's just do it, you know. Um, yeah. And we were messing around with the idea of just try it with a little avocado <laughs> swoosh uh, without <laughs> with the danger of getting sued. But, um, you know, I, I, think, I think what I believe in is uh, the same thing most entrepreneurs who are making it work. Like you have got the, the difference between success and failure is just getting out there and making it happen. And uh, it, it is the hardest thing you could ever try, but it is also one of the most rewarding things, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in your life. And, man, I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride. And it's hard for me to, without getting emotional, even put what this journey has been like to us. But uh, very thankful to the Atlanta community for accepting this bizarro equation and we look forward to continuing to change the landscape of better for you you know fast food awesome well nate so good to have you man thanks ben lastly steve Kars from king of pops you know popsicles mean a lot to us atlantans and the work that steve and the entire team at king of pops does in our city stems actually really far outside of just popsicles but anyway here's some of our conversation um just and then our spin on it is, I guess, instead of kind of that avocado and uh, papaya and a lot of the great fruits that you get kind of closer to the equator, we try to use a bit more ingredients that are from where we are um, here in the south. There's also a lot of great fruit and also just the flavor combination. So whereas they would focus on something like uh, uh, tamarind, that's not a, yeah. a, an incredibly... Uh, familiar flavor here in, in in Atlanta or throughout the South, and like banana pudding, I think is a great example of like a Southern yeah. flavor that we really embrace and, and run with. So, we try to do some homage to the uh, the masters, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, uh, and then also put our own spin on it. So we do a little bit of both. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think my uh, my favorite popsicle, still to this day, would be grapefruit mint, ah. and that that to me is like a it's very nice. It's the most refreshing, but I mean, I would uh, I would enjoy it in the in the depths of winter all the way to the hottest day of the summer. Yeah, it's, it's super refreshing. That is very, a good one. Yeah, really mint, like mint, mint works in mint a popsicle works. for yeah. sure. So you know, uh, growing crops and fruit and uh, with king of crops, and then you know, obviously spending quite a bit of time in, in the kitchen, like experimenting. You know, I mean, um, I, I grew up with both of my parents were chefs. You know, yeah. and, they, and they still are. Um, but I want to know, like, who who cooked for you growing up, and <laughs> what kind of cook was he or she, or were they? Yeah, my mom uh, worked pretty much full time, and then also cooked every single meal um, wow. at night, which is don't think you really realize how amazing that is mm-hmm. as a 
as a kid, but I, I'm I'm not married and, and don't have kids now, and I can't pull that off. So uh, <laughs> certainly, she was kind of the the culinary um, workforce in our family. She was. We sure. didn't make pops really, but I, I I do kind of think we made a lot of smoothies. I don't know, just that became in and out of popularity, but it was something we kind of always did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she definitely was always making us healthy food and. Um, we cook not not like to the extreme state but was was very mindful yeah and also like um uh, fruits and vegetables were always a big part of our our diet so definitely my mom my dad classic in a classic dad way was like the grill guy so <laughs> like nick offerman yeah wherever <laughs> doing steaks he he always did the steaks and, nice. and stuff like that but my mom my mom was certainly the the one that was doing the most work i wouldn't say i was really i was always super into desserts think most kids are i can remember that growing up and um i always kind of liked food but i I would never have considered myself like culinary minded really until kind of this came about i mean i always have kind of cooked my whole family has always kind of cooked um but a big part of our i guess ideology and really what we're trying to do is like uh showcase the ingredients so we're not really doing any tricks. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing behind the scenes that we're doing that is particularly amazing. Mm -hmm. We're just focusing on sourcing Mm -hmm. and not overthinking it. So like grapefruit mint, it's about as complicated as it gets. Uh, Usually, usually the flavors have like three to five ingredients. And our, our, our philosophy has always been if you buy three to five really good ingredients, there's a chance you can mess it up, but you kind of have to try. Yeah. Um, then you just kind of, the ones that work the best, you, you run with. Yeah. So, you know, one one thing, and I've got, this is kind of like a two-part question, and cool. I'll ask the second part after you, I guess, answer the first part. I didn't even need to say that, but I did. <laughs> um, so what, you know, I mean, I, th- I, I guess there's like one easy way of putting this. If you've ever experienced King of Pops, like be it at an event or you come up to this, you know, the pop window that we're sitting out of, or you're sitting right out in front of, you know, here in, in Inman, um, everyone always seems really happy. Yeah. Like every one of the, every one of your employees, like pop slinger to, you know, I'd imagine in the kitchen, like everyone just seems yeah. like they're glowing with happiness. So like what, in your opinion, is the secret to keeping these awesome people in Atlanta happy? That, that work for the King worker, of Pops? The, the, the staff, is just, it's just momentum and it's just us not... Uh, it's all a momentum thing. Like it, if you have a, a an environment that, say, you've got ten people, and one of them is having a bad day, mm-hmm. and displaying it, you can usually kind of like power through that. It'll take some work, but if you have like three people, it's really tough. Like yeah. it's just hard to, it's hard to have fun when other people aren't. So it's it's a completely a momentum thing and. We've gotten pretty good, or at least better, about when people are having a bad day, trying to pep them up a little bit, and, and the people that are having a bad day, trying not to let that exist for 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 as much as they can control. Because right. we aren't we aren't we aren't uh, cyborgs that don't have bad days. It's just trying <laughs> sure. to it's just trying to like realize that that everything is kind of okay. And uh, a motto that we tell ourselves that it doesn't really get us in trouble, but potentially could is like we'll get real stressed about some stuff like it's a business so things go wrong things yeah. break uh, people get sick different things mm-hmm. and we have to every once in a while take a deep breath and remind ourselves that the worst thing that can happen on a day is that someone doesn't get a popsicle and that's a pretty big deal like that's as bad as it can get for us but at, yeah. at the end of the in the world in like the world as the world turns everyone will be okay yeah and we feel like we can make up by that from those like few slip-ups that we do have by uh, kind of these other situations that we generate where people are uh, getting something unexpected or um, going to a moment where it's just like, I don't know. it You, you kind of can make up for those, those. That's kind of a long answer, but... No, I like that, yeah. though. I mean, it is true. I mean... Yeah, at the even on like the the nicest restaurant, you know, I mean, at the French Laundry, like the worst thing that's gonna happen is someone's not gonna eat today. Yeah, you know, and like 
I mean, as long as it's not like, you know, more existential of like you didn't eat and you have an issue or, yeah. but you know, like, ah, you know, I mean, like we might not be able to serve something with strawberries today. I think we'll just have to work around it. Yeah. But yeah. it's a good philosophy to live yeah. by. And especially to teach people that like you can't break down, you know, yeah. like you got to be able to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, it's just, and there's, it is fun to learn that with people um, and learn it yourself kind of over and over. You, 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 you can definitely just, it's amazing how many times you can learn the same lessons yeah. and still make the same mistake again <laughs> yeah absolutely uh the second i guess more like uh funny part to this question is i every single one of again like as happy as they are i see everyone reading books is there a king of pops book club there's been some loose ones we we we, <laughs> we strive to do things like this but um haven't uh, formalized is the wrong word but haven't like gotten it put together in a way that we should it's a great idea because very varied <laughs> yeah. list list that people are reading everything right. from classics to uh like uh long form comics i can't think of what graphic novels sure. everything so yeah that would be a lot of fun to do but we don't have a we don't have it put together but it is something that has been discussed and well and the and the reason i say that at the corner of north and highland in the few moments that you know someone has where they're not serving a popsicle to someone on a yeah. summer day their nose is in a book, not on their iPhone. And That's I find that to be, first and foremost, amazing. Yeah. But B, like, I, uh, or secondly, whatever. Uh, I, I think that's some, that, that should be a, a practice for for most positions, for, for most yeah. companies. Like, if you have a moment, like, get your nose in a book, man. Yeah, I think it's a good strat. I mean, you got to kind of be careful that you're still looking up um, kind of when people walk by. But I do agree it's more charming and... Um, Maybe just because of the notions we have with cell phones, like yeah. theoretically someone could be reading a book on their cell phone, but we would True. always assume that they're looking at Snapchat. Right. Um, so I think like, uh, yeah, I, th I like that. It's just a, it's kind of like a vibe set. It is important for us though that people don't feel like they're interrupting anything. Mm -hmm. Like they still need to appear like a big re part of the reason why they're there is to sell the pops. Indeed, that's the main yeah, reason. Yeah. Uh, right. But yeah, getting some getting some good reading in. That never hurt anybody. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. So one of you know one of the other things that I really love about King of Pops is I feel like it's it's really mapped like a huge part of like the flavor of Atlanta. You know more more so in a way of uh, you know it's um, I mean I think the ubiquity of like you know you can get King of Pops like you can get chocolate sea salt at like multi if you're shopping at Whole Foods or if you're stopping for gas at Buddies or yeah. like you know it's um it's it's a huge part and like I would say you know the um the abundance is is so much you know to the to the level of like not just popularity but i think where people it's become a part of their life you know like i grew up with like the little plastic sleeve you yeah. know popsicles or you know like a ice cream sandwich or whatever but um but i love that i'm raising my kids with yeah, king of pops pretty cool. yeah so you know i mean i i love that you guys have like you know created this this level of you know excellence in the popsicle realm <laughs> you know like what what has been like the reception from like you know because in my opinion i would say like it's it has a lot of heft in like the culinary scene of atlanta or like if it is a scene but you know just yeah. in the community like i don't think there's any any person in in atlanta that you know if if they have their wits about them like you know king of pops has crossed their paths many sure many times. yeah i think i think our presence has gotten larger than certainly I ever imagined it would. Um, and I do think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning is I don't think as a single item food brand, it mm -hmm. would have been the same right. um, or could have been the same uh, or like a slick business plan or anything like that. I, I really think that it comes from authentically wanting to be a part of the community. Yeah. Um, we've done a much better job of that in in-town Atlanta than outside of Atlanta, which we're kind of working on some ideas to do a little bit better. Uh, part of that, I guess, is our farm, like, in Douglasville uh, area. But, yeah, I think, like, I mean, I think what we do is good. I think we make an amazing product, and it, at the scale we're making it now, there's, a, there's like, a lot of new problems that you run into about keeping it up uh, yeah. when, when you are making it at a higher scale. Um, in, in my challenge to our team now and, and and myself to be honest is just like how do you keep progressing like how do you keep making things better so you do that by sourcing better um but that is kind of why we keep pushing ourselves kind of in this uh 
Um, we started a distribution company called Perfect 10 because we weren't happy with the distribution model that we were put in okay. with kind of the big guys. And, and then we, we shared that with, um, I mean, it was part of our plan, but we, we, we knew there was probably other businesses in a similar situation that were a, were a small food brand that didn't feel right about being delivered by these huge, huge distributors. Um, but they did want to have, they needed some help. Um, so I think just constantly looking for solutions to small problems like that and then running with the ones that kind of seem to work um, and acknowledging the ones that don't work, that, and that's kind of okay too. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think the answer to that, maybe what you're asking is I don't, I don't think that there's a single thing. I think it's the culmination of, like, always trying to do something more, um, not really – Stopping to catch your breath, except in sometimes in the win middle yeah. of the winter. Right, <laughs> that's a cool footprint to have, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, like it's, uh, I, I think it's something that's you know definitely more year round yeah. rather than you know being uh, <laughs> being just the summer months. But you know, to each well, their appreciate own. that. Yeah. yeah. So there, I mean, speaking of movement, like you guys obviously have a lot going on. I mean, like King Crops is like well, really, I mean, it's awesome, to, especially just to to see you know like how you guys are really growing that and doing a lot of things full circle. Um, but you know. Yeah, let me just fire three of them yeah. at you real quick. Um, so I know that you guys are are at least, like, moving a little bit of the operation to, I mean, just essentially right down the street, like yeah. right off the cab. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, what does that mean for the business? Yeah. And then, like, uh, what are you guys working on? Like, new Shoo-wee. flavors. And so we can uh, w- we can spend a good amount of time on this. Yeah, no doubt. Time. So the, the building is a long time coming. We've been looking for a space to move. Um, our current headquarters is right um, off the Beltline in Inman Park. It's about 3,000 feet, and it's we love it very, very much. It's a great place to work, but we've outgrown it. Um, like, peek your head in behind the window, and that's our office right there, and you'll see about uh, 15 people crammed into about a thousand feet with some the smallest ikea desk that is sold for everybody and internet going down and there's no parking and um it's just it's just been time for us to move for a long time but our issue was we didn't want it for for what we were looking for we didn't want to move out of uh in town because that's where most of our business is is where most of the people that we work that that work with us uh live and kind of the, the stuff that we love it, it's what we, what we want to be around so right it took us literally two and a half three years to find the right place um we found it about eight or nine months ago it took about five months for that tenant to get out but it's really i'm really excited because it's our it's like literally our forever home we purchased it and we're kind oh, of doing awesome. it right that's a um, huge move man that's yeah great. it's big so it's uh it's on decatur um well it's not that big it's bigger than here it's on Decatur, which is basically a cab about a block, a block and a half up from uh, the Crog Tunnel. Yeah. So it's going to be really neat. Um, we'll have uh, much more freezer space. Eventually, we want to kind of do some tours there. Uh, everything be will be based out of there. There's like an office upstairs. It's just kind of something that we can grow into a little bit. Yeah. We will be keeping the window open here, and we're thinking through kind of ideas of what to do with this space, um, everything from an event space for people that want to come make pops. Like we've always wanted to do that, but yeah. like it could be like a fun date night or a little class type thing or some shared kitchen options. Um, but I haven't, haven't finalized anything. It feels far away, even though probably we'll be making our move kind of over the winter. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, this will be home still too. We're, we plan on keeping. You can show kids how much fun it is to play with dry ice too. I mean, that's exactly. always, that's a great fallback. <laughs> no one's monetized that business yet. <laughs> That's exciting, man. Yeah. That's really cool. I know. I see the uh, I see the the mural on the side of the building. Uh, on yeah, Marta that was a lot of fun. Just about every day. Yeah. So it's really cool, and it's it's a it's such a neat collaborative effort too. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, with moving to a new home, like you know, what what is that? You know, I mean, is the I mean, obviously, you're outgrowing space. Like, you know, are you guys, uh, you know, looking in different directions, new directions? No, like, I wouldn't say there's anything. Really, one of our things this year was. Um, Maybe this is slightly contrary to what I was saying before, but uh, catching our breath a, a little bit and, yeah. and like all the things that we are doing, trying to do them better. Um, I'd say that's like been the, the, the rallying call. It's really ex- easy to get excited about kind of entering a new market. Um, and there's a lot of 
other great communities and great places throughout the South. Um, our vision is to stay within the South, so yeah, we're kind of limited, but there, there's plenty of plenty of room for growth ge- geographically. But we really wanted to focus on doing what we're doing better. Um, that said, I mean the building is the big thing where we're we're kind of investing a lot of our money, and then this King of Compost thing that I talked about earlier. Um, we're gonna have a Kickstarter going for that in August. Um, Excellent. That will basically be kind of we need we need to raise some money for some some like infrastructure equipment, which is basically it's a it's an implement called a windrow turner that instead of using a tractor to turn um, turn the piles of compost, it, it does it much much more efficiently and um, in and better um, does it quicker and better. So that's always a good combination and. And a few other things that we just kind of can't afford to do. Uh, so we're, we're looking to raise like $100,000 in, in like kick, Kickstarter fashion. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be on Kickstarter, but one of those type of things uh, that will be like you could get a truckload of soil or potentially we would come build yeah. like a raised, gar- a raised bed for you with, oh, awesome. with the soil. Or there's just going to be like some dinners and, and kind of different options. So yeah. that's been on my radar. It's something that is a gosh, as you kind of go towards the direction of what's helping the world, um, making people smile, I've always kind of believed is, is, is definitely helping the world. Like King of Pop's purpose is unexpected moments of happiness. And I'm really proud of that and am passionate about it. However, when you get to like composting and these like legit environmental problems and, and you're part, um, of the beginning of a solution, like we are such a drop in the bucket of what would need to happen, but at least potentially an inspiration to other community composting operations, either yeah. here in Atlanta and kind of throughout the uh, country, really, or the world. I, it is something that can make a big difference. So it's cool to be on involved in that. Um, we're working really closely with Compost Wheels. Um, you catch those guys at Freedom Farmers Market yeah, every Saturday. Exactly. They so they are the the coolest looking guys. Too. <laughs> they are yeah, so they are. hip. They really are. They really <laughs> are. They make composting really cool. You're exactly. like, I think I want to start composting. Yeah, like, you better you better do it if you want to be cool. Right. Yeah. Like even and if save you live, the world. Even if you live in a studio apartment, like you can still compost. It's still t- it's still totally possible. It's possible. But no, I mean, I I really love that man. Like yeah. you're you guys are nurturing the earth, like, and you're also nurturing people too. So I mean, it's it's a neat it's a neat mantra to live by. Yeah. It's really cool. I hadn't thought of that one. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I you can you can use that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hold no copyright to any of that. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna enter into uh, on the fly, previously uh, known as order fire, um, because <laughs> lightning round is already taken. I'm, I'll eventually have to stop saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll just we'll go through these and yeah. You know, I'm can, on the fly. Let's do it. Yeah, we we can we can go off on tangents and all that kind of stuff. Okay. All that good stuff. Uh, favorite dessert in Atlanta. King of Pops, obviously. That's a great answer. Jeez, Steve. <laughs> Surprised it took you so long. Uh, ooh, this is a really good one, and it might take some time. Your worst parking story in Atlanta. Oh, worst parking story. <sighs> I mean, I've gotten a lot of tickets, a lot of boots. I always am always to blame, other than... Oh, you're always at fault. I oh. mean, I... It, there's just rules that you just maybe didn't do a good enough job of following and I'm certainly frustrated in the moment but yeah this is this is making for bad material but um we have the worst the worst parking story here is we're right outside of our window in Inman Park and basically every day uh people park there's these pretty random openings that look like just you lucked into the most amazing parking spot ever. Yeah. But really it's like these two signs that are saying can't park between this. It allows this guy to back out basically with his big trucks. So we have customers that park there all the time, get tickets and then kind of come back to us. And occasionally in the beginning we're like, all right, we'll pay it just cause it's kind of like this thing. You kind of want to be nice and right. And it's just, it started happening too much. So we got a sticker printed, um, that said like I got a ticket at King of Pops or something and it didn't really go over that well either so maybe that's my worst parking story is just like (laughs) dealing with it from a business perspective (laughs) we thought it was so clever and we gave it to a few people and they're like I'm still I'm just angry about this sometimes sometimes (laughs) like your cute little hijinks don't don't really don't really work out as planned but I'd say that's my 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 big parking story yeah Yeah, I like that (laughs) I I would I would uh 
festoon something with that sticker. If you have them laying around. Yeah, I'll give you some. I don't think we gave out very many. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, (laughs) out of the 500 that you ordered. Yeah. Uh, Pont City Market or Farmer's Market? And if Farmer's Market, which one? This might be another softball for you. Yeah. Well, this isn't a softball. We have a great place at Pont City Market, but I would always go to a Farmer's Market first. So um, my favorite Farmer's Market probably is Grant Park Farmer's Market. It's just uh, feels good. It's pretty relaxed, and you can get you can get a lot of good stuff. But there's certainly a ton of great ones. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, Pont City Market's great for good Sunday. All kinds of stuff. It's really good too. Sunday. Yeah. Nice. Uh, ice cream sandwich or a push-up? Like old school. Oh, good question. Ice cream sandwich. So, what's your strategy though? I mean, because like you know, some people like they unwrap it and like it's in that like wax paper, and then they like you know lick down the sides and like kind of like scoop out a little bit of the ice cream. Yeah. But pretty involved. Are you just like? Do you just to be honest, in? I I I don't eat very many right now because the similarities are fairly close to King of Pops, which I just have a ton of. Yeah. Uh, but I would just take it out of the wrapper and just eat it standard. Yeah. And like, if we're talking about sandwiches, then like the the classic ice cream sandwich is what you're asking about. Oh, great, yeah. great snack. But put some cookies on the other side of the ice cream. Now you're game that's changer. Different that's very good. Yeah. My favorite thing was like when you're actually holding the ice cream sandwich and then like some of that uh, cookie stuff like fingers, yeah, that's for good. some reason it adheres to your skin and like it never goes away. Yeah. That was always my favorite part. Um, so where are you on the weekend? Like what's a hangout spot? Hangout spot on the weekend. Hmm. I'm traveling a ton right now, so I'm having a hard time placing myself on a relaxing weekend. Um, I like going out to our farm. It's very, very relaxing. Um, if you've never been to Douglasville, you should travel. Win- more Tra- travel more like Winston, but I just say Douglasville. Winston, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Winston, Georgia. Beautiful. you got to get out there. You've been there? I haven't yet. Yeah, you got to go. Seen, I've seen many photos of Kansas. It's very Pops relaxing, and, and it is like a sunrise or a sunset there. It's just it's just great. Um other than that, cruising around on a bike with uh, exploring, though. So it's not it's not a single place. I really just like exploring neighborhoods and restaurants and yeah. uh, new shops and different stuff going on and imagining kind of – I really love urban planning and the idea that how big of a difference it can make. So I, I like to kind of think about what's going right and obviously a lot of things going wrong too. But. Nice. Yeah. Uh, last one. Uh what is in your fridge right now? And this kind of takes you back to like MTV Cribs. It was always yeah. the best part. It's like, what does Shaquille O'Neal keep in his fridge? Yeah. Like, you always want to know. Yeah. Uh, but what is in your fridge? And then bonus question is, what has been in your fridge for too long that might need to be thrown away? And popsicles <laughs> is a totally fair answer. Yeah, there probably are some. We have snack pops here that like are the ones that have defects, and you 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 can take as many as you want. I mean, I could probably take as many as I want of other ones too. But I always take the snack pops, so I've got like an absurd amount in there. Uh, that's definitely been in there a while. Uh, in the in the positive side, I have really loved this. Like any CSA, I think is great. I, I was a member of a couple different CSAs, but we have one now, uh, the King of Crops Salad Club, which is I just really love it. And I'm I'm saying that obviously with a with like a I guess that would make sense that I love it. But yeah, it's bias so, is is completely it, it's, it's, it's so a viable to, option. Now. It's so fun to know. And be at a place and then eat the produce from that place and, and, and have it change kind of with the seasons and, and re- really see, like, this arugula is, like, spicier than last week. And yeah. that has to do with the weather that you had a week and a half ago. And you just kind of think about things in a different way. So that's that's in my fridge every week. Um, it took me a little bit to kind of get where I was eating all of it. To start with, I would be like, man, this is, like, way too much greens. And now I'm, like, getting through it all, which, which is good for me and for uh, the fridge, I guess. And then... Usually have about six beers, um, kind of in the same theme. I'm I'm constantly experimenting and trying new things um, when it comes to that, which is probably why all these companies are constantly coming out with uh, slightly different variations of the same thing. Because right. there's a lot of people out there that are like me. They're like, now maybe if this was tangerine instead of just orange right. IPA, yeah. I like it. But yeah, so I'm always trying different beers. I usually have, I usually get home and have a beer kind of on the patio and try to relax. Um, 
yogurt, granola. This my that's my morning. We can ritual. go through. We can we go, go through, through like the whole the, entire the, fridge. The boring minutia. Let's start with the condiment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Steve, thanks for being on the show, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well, to, to wrap things up, like what what do you wanna what do you wanna say to, to the listeners of the Atlanta Foodcast? Chewy. Uh, Chewy. Have that. a great night, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. No, nah, I think that that's always kind of appropriate. Chewy Dewey is one thing one thing to say, but yeah, just love you. Hope you hope you keep on enjoying Atlanta, and if you don't enjoy it, question why you don't. Because I think a lot of times people just don't like where they're at, just because they think that's kind of a fun thing to do. But if you really think about it, and you don't like it, then, then it's fair. Don't like yeah. it, but just don't not like something just yeah. for the heck of it. Give it a chance. Stick around. Yeah. Watch it grow or help it grow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, thanks for listening to this throwback, friends. Uh, We have a few more episodes that are coming your way to round out season two. And hope you guys have a great week. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry.